Hi, I'm Sanera Madani, and I'm a mom of two, a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a billion dollar business. Yes, a billion dollar business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit 1 million in revenue. And I became obsessed on a mission to change that. I believe that there is so much gatekeeping in business knowledge and that we as female entrepreneurs should be learning from other female founders and leaders who have broken the statistics. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way, but you shouldn't have to because we believe that you deserve to have it all. And honestly, nothing bad happens when women make more money. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Hey everyone, it's Sanera here. CEO School is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. We are part of a family of shows designed to help professionals listen, learn, and grow by providing access to the world's leading B2B podcasts like The Imperfect Action, hosted by Steph Taylor. Imperfect Action is a bite-sized online marketing podcast for business owners. I recently enjoyed listening to Steph share how her business has evolved and her predictions for online businesses and launching. Listen to Imperfect Action wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, welcome to CEO School Podcast. I'm your host, Sanira Madani, and I'm so excited to share something really different with you today on the podcast and honestly for the next three episodes. So I actually just finished our CEO School experience, which we do once a year. And we were actually working on 2023 planning. We had 5,000, 5,000 women entrepreneurs sign up and come join us through all places of the world digitally. So I led a workshop online helping female entrepreneurs really think about 2023 and how to effectively plan your 2023. Part of the experience on day one, I covered your annual operating plan and really creating a proper financial forecast that is tangible, how I create my financial forecast and my plan, and actually creating a plan that you don't just stick in a drawer that you achieve through the year. And then on day two, we went through, which was our profit playbook, which was on day one. And then on day two was our people playbook. On once you have 2023 kind of financial goals, um, your high level planning done, how do you actually get the team that then supports those goals? And so many entrepreneurs that came had contractors or were solopreneurs or maybe had small teams. Some even came that had large teams. But we broke down our exact people playbook. So everything that you need to hire and scale your team members. All these workshops were designed for scaling in 2023. And our final workshop uh, was on your roadmap to 2%. So less than 2% of female founders ever break a million in revenue. And that's exactly why we started the podcast and created all of our programming was to break that statistic. And so for 2023, once you have your financial forecast and plan in place, once you've done your 2022 retrospective, and I guide you through all of this, we understand who your A players are and what team, like what you need for your dream team to achieve these goals. And the last part of the module on day three we do the major strategic projects that you need for 2023. So you break down what is the exact roadmap that you need to actually achieve the best 2023 that you have ever had. And after that, I 
really wanted to make sure that you guys all had access to this as well. So we are, I'm going to, for the podcast, our podcast manager is taking the workshop and creating it into an audible format, but we're also going to link the actual training into the show notes. So you can also catch it live. So you can listen wherever you are listening from and, um, and, you know, actually get the workbooks and playbooks with the links in the show notes. So I can't wait for you guys to watch and see and hear these three days were so, so powerful. And we just think you're going to learn so much and hopefully it helps you plan your 2023 next year. And we are actually opening up doors to the CEO school program, which starts in January. And so we were welcoming the new cohort into a 12 week accelerator with me as your coach, 12 weeks of, of coaching live, our six heavy packed um, training up uh, program, which is going to be on six different modules for scale. So I lead you through that in day three, and it is so powerful, so fantastic. I can't wait to bring it to you um, into the show. And I can't wait for you to join us in the start of the new year. If you've been listening to the show and you've been following along on our journey, it is time for you to come actually join CEO School. And this is CEO School, and I cannot wait for you to come join us uh, in January and enroll in our new cohort and our new class for 2023 so that you can crush your exact goals for the entire year. I hope you enjoy the episodes. Before we get started, yesterday was super, super jam-packed, and I want you to kind of get yourself in that same mindset as yesterday. We did a beautiful visualization exercise, and I want you to bring back her, your highest leader, your best self. That is who I want you to be bringing today in today's seat, sitting down to receive all this amazing information and really relaxing, soaking it all in and just taking notes. I don't want you to overwhelm yourself. I'm going to share so much with you today, okay? And I think that was like the biggest surprise. I think every time people show up to one of our sessions, you're like, oh my God, there's so much in here. It's not like anything I've ever been to before. That makes me very happy because I think that this is exactly what's been missing for far too long in the online education space is it needs to be fully transparent, the right playbooks, all of the details, I believe that when you win, we win, and we all win together. And so today is going to be no different. I'm going to load you with every single thing about people. Now, you're going to want to come in, okay, and want to do everything, but you're not going to be able to, okay? I want you to just take a few nuggets. So if by the end of it, you take away one nugget and one action item is like your org chart or who this next one person is, okay? that might be the one takeaway. So I want you to just relax, sit back, soak it all in. And I promise you, once you come join us inside of CEO school, which hopefully like we're, you're going to be in, right? And I want each of you in. There is entire, like everything like that I'm going to break down today, we're going to work on each of these different things. It's not going to happen overnight, but my goal today is to give you the utmost level um, workshop. And that's what we're going to do. So the first reminder that I have for you as a CEO, and that is, yes, that's what you are, is a CEO, your highest, your best self. You are in the business of people, period, okay? I don't care whether you have a team today or you don't have a team today. This applies to every piece of your business from start to scale to exit and beyond. We are always in the business of people, okay? And 
even your customers need the like need you to to see to see you as a CEO and a leader, right? And especially your team. And even if you don't have a team, we're going to get that right team to support you. And you are in that business of people. So first, I want you to just accept that component, okay? And your current situation, what I feel that I find most CEOs, uh, female CEOs are in, or women in business are in, is that it's overwhelming. There's so much that needs to get done, right? And you're honestly taking it all on yourself. So in the chat, I want you to tell me if this is you. Like you have, like everything lives in your head, okay? And you might be outsourcing some things, but honestly, it still feels like it's never done right, okay? And it's it's not to your standard. There's always mistakes and you can't really find the help that you need to support you. And there's so many tasks that you're like, I wish I could hand this off and I wish I could. And our answer is like, I wish I could clone me, okay? That's like the thing that I hear the most. I wish I could clone me. And I'm going to give you the hard reality because you know I like to give, I'm not, uh, I don't sugarcoat things. No one is ever going to be you. That's not their job. And our expectation of people is what also is setting us back, right? Because we expect the next person to also be like us and do every single thing. But I'm here to tell you that there's a future state, okay? And that in your future state, it doesn't have to feel, it doesn't have to be everything, But getting the right roles and responsibilities in place and having people own their lanes is what's going to be the right strategic direction for you to scale your business, right? It's not going to be everything. You're not going to find that one person. And even in the early stages, you might one person that can wear many hats, but it's not scalable, right? You want to build an organization that has clear defined roles and responsibilities People that are consistent, right? You want consistency, not the this project went amazing and then the next one didn't, right? Consistency is so important. And yesterday when we talked about consistency, we were driving it on an AOP perspective, right? You want consistency in your business. You also want consistency in your people, okay? And in order to have that, the main pillars are honestly effective and efficient communication and collaboration, right? So that you're able to clearly communicate as a team, and most importantly, collaborate to get the job done. And today in this lesson, you're going to go from just maybe having virtual assistants or maybe nobody to having some contractors, maybe one person in your org, to honestly having an organizational structure, right? And a path to get to the right org structure, even defining what does the right org structure look like for you. You're going to learn today how and why to hire for strategic value. This is going to go back to the one plus one equals three. And we're going to think about not just the roles that like you need today, but the roles that you need tomorrow. And finally, we're going to talk about um, SOPs, which is an entire module in and of itself inside of our program, which is standard operating procedure. So I'm sure many of you have heard of SOPs. If you haven't, they're just this amazing document to train uh, and get things out of your brain. But we're going to go into why the SOPs you're doing aren't working. So even if you have SOPs in place, they're not working. They're not working for you. And so we're going to show you how you can actually effectively use processes to scale your team. Um, And then finally, we're going to talk about company culture. And something that I'm so proud of for the last 10 years as CEO It's not just all the awards on our wall from literally Forbes best places to work every single year. It's truly the values that we have on the walls 
our people walk in the halls. I just left the office right now and tonight's our holiday party, Stacks holiday party. It is buzzing. My heart is actually like half there right now because I got to see so many of my team members that I haven't seen that like all remote or traveling from everywhere. The talent that we have that we attract is one thing, but it's more important to keep your talent as well. So if you're investing your time into people, that is an investment. And I want you to view people as an investment. And I believe that the world views people as a commodity or a resource. And at CEO school and you as the CEO, I want you to view people as your greatest asset resource and your biggest investment. Investment in dollars, investment in time. And when you put your investment and your time and energy into it, you get that return on investment, right? And it's not gonna happen overnight, but it will pay fruit. And uh, these lessons that I've learned on culture, I'm gonna share with you also today on how to really drive the most amazing culture. So it doesn't matter what's happening in the marketplace. It doesn't matter about great resignation. And honestly, it doesn't matter how small you are as a company. And you were fighting for talent, right? Compared to like, we have Facebooks and amazing companies in your backyard. And you're like, how do I even go attract talent on the budget that I have? Right? I'm telling you, I did it. So can you. Our women at CEO school are doing it every single day. So can you. Right? And people want to not, they don't want to work for companies that don't have purpose and a why. They want to work for incredible leaders. And so today... We're going to ship up and I'm going to make you the greatest inner self leader, your highest leader today. So who is excited about today and being that and hopefully having that for your business in 2023? All right. So one plus one equals three. You're like, okay, this math doesn't make sense. Sarah, you spent <laughs> uh, two hours with us yesterday teaching us all about uh, you know annual operating plans and formulas, but you can't do basic math. I want to tell you why this makes complete sense when it comes to people. So one plus one equals three is this notion that when you hire, what I've seen for women entrepreneurs, we hire when it's too late, when things are like absolutely breaking, we're on our last, like we're at complete burnout and they're like, you know what, now I'm going to delegate this thing off and I'm going to go hire that person that I need right there. When you're doing that, you are not actually strategically adding to the organization. You're just taking something off your plate right? We're in that scarcity mindset. However, when you plan ahead, right, and you hire the right people, this person that comes into your organization, it shouldn't just be about delegating things off. The person that comes in should be able to help the organization grow bigger, okay? So by bringing on this person, it's not just delegating tasks off of me, it's about what value are they going to also bring that's going to multiply in the organization and bring in a talent that we also may not have or may not, like, we don't even know we need it today. And so I always want to be thinking about people strategically and not just hiring to delegate off to really think about what is this person going to bring that it's going to be one plus one equals three. And every single hire that you hire should be one plus one equals three. So. The first thing we're going to do is do a quick assessment about your, your leadership, your current team, and the team, honestly, that you need. So this is going to be kind of like our retrospective that we did yesterday, right? So we did a retrospective. It's so important for us to reflect. I love the practice of reflection and actually taking the time to zoom out of our business so that we can focus, right? When we're so in it, right? How many of you guys are just in it? 
And I'm so glad that you're taking the time. I appreciate all of you for being here today because we're zooming out, right? And it's a great time for us to reflect back. So screenshot this. Um, you'll get this later. I want you to reflect upon your leadership and think about things like what's working and really ask yourself, it's not, it's not them, it's you, okay? So what is actually, what's working and what's not working, right, in your leadership? Who do you actually love collaborating with and why? What's your best way of working, right? Are you an in-person? Are you a whiteboarder? Do you need face-to-face? -face? Do you need eye contact? Do you, do you like you love it on Zoom? Are you perfectly fine on like Slack and audio? Like what are the like, actual ways that you like to communicate? Um, what are some boundaries for your work life, right? And I do think that um, that's important for you to think about of like, are you are you a, somebody that is okay with um, having your team reach out to you whenever or do you want, you know, like whatever that looks like for you. For me, honestly, I'm working on this one. I feel like I've had a lot of success and I don't want to discount boundaries at all, but great leaders are there for their teams. Okay, so I want you to assess that and check that. In a perfectly ideal state, yes, there will be boundaries and it's important to set those boundaries, but it's also important to make sure your team knows that you're there for them and that you're working right alongside with them because it's also a reflection of, of their how they're handling your business as well. What isn't currently working and maybe some of like your previous hires, like what have you struggled with? So what I'd love for you to do is go back and take a look at somebody that didn't work out, right? Or maybe you had a contractor in place or a hire in place and it didn't work out. And I want you to really ask yourself, what took place? What did I do to prevent a solution to the problem? And what I mean that by this is really inner reflecting and saying, what could I have done better? Right? And not just putting the blame game on the other person. People don't leave companies. People leave managers. Right? All of you are entrepreneurs. I would say 95% of you had a job elsewhere. And at some point, we've all quit. Right? A job. And if we even think about our own experience, and I led this exercise at our retreat last, and man, the stories that came out, right? Like the worst, I asked I asked the, the women um, about their worst boss ever, okay? And think about, think about that. Like who was your worst boss ever and why? And it's gonna boil down to a few key principles. It's because you probably didn't feel seen, heard, respected, appreciated. It comes back all the way down to the human side of things right? Business is personal. That is like what I'm trying to preach here every single day at CEO school. And so even us as leaders, what did we do to prevent a solution for that employee? Like what did we, did we not train hard enough? Were we not there? Like think about those things. And then think about your um, environment in your company, right? What can you do to facilitate a better environment so that whatever has taken place over this last year doesn't take place? And it doesn't even have to be about employees that are no longer with you. Even asking your team members, this is a great time for you to share this with your team, right? This is what's called 360 feedback. You can give them feedback, but they should also be able to give you feedback, right? So when was the last time you actually asked your team these questions and say, no judgment. I really just want to know how I can better support you and how best that I can be a great leader next year. And so taking in this feedback is super important. Um. Next, I want you to think about um, doing a current team assessment, right? So what does your current team look like? And I'm going to teach you two like action tips right now that you're going to leave with. You're going to be like, I need to do this every single quarter. So we're going to do a team-wide time audit, okay? And we're going to revisit your SOPs 
and or we're going to create a new path for SOPs. And all of this is not going to happen in tonight's homework assignment. And when you come into the program, you're going to have time to implement. We're going to work through it one-on-one with you to make sure that you're when you leave after the 12 weeks, these are the things that get checked off. So let's do it. Okay, so number one on your team audit is first to identify roles and responsibilities. Okay, so I want you to first think about currently, I would do it in two steps, right? What is your current situation? And then what is your future state um, uh, organization? So it's okay for today and for the homework assignment to think about your ideal org, okay? And I'm not saying that you have unlimited resources. There's no such thing as unlimited uh, resources. But let's really think about um, realistic resources. But if you were to hire the right team, what does your ideal org chart look like, right? And I would start off with you as CEO and then who reports into you. And I would think about it from departments. Even if there's people that might be wearing multiple hats, you know, is there a customer support department? Is there a marketing department? Is there a finance department? Is there a sales department? Is there a sales and marketing department that could be combined together? So I really want you to be thinking about your company in terms of departments. And I want you to identify who, what you already have, okay? And what might be the open pieces. So that's what we're gonna do first. Then on an ideal standpoint, where we're gonna do our team audit next, Um, We're also going to think about, is this a full-time role, right? Are there maybe specific that this is where roles and responsibilities are huge. Um, And so this is definitely a very cumbersome exercise, but I'm going to give you all of the high level and then you can run with this on your own. So this is literally my cheat playbook on people. Um, So we're going to do your dream org chart, do it by department. And then by department, I want you to like ideally create job descriptions and responsibilities. The second thing I want you to think about is um, on people. So we have this like dream org chart and although we might not have it today, right? I want you to do that current assessment. And something that I want you to also assess is who are your A players and who are your B players? And sometimes when I say B players, people have a bad connotation with B players. There's nothing wrong with being a B player. You need both A players and B players. You need both. And let me tell you the difference. An A player is somebody who just rolls up their sleeves and gets it done no matter what. This is a person that goes above and beyond. This is the person who takes initiative. This is the person who figures it out. This is your, you know what? This is the person on my team that just figures it out. So I'm going to pause here and in the chat because I want to see, one, I want to ask you, how many people do you have on your current team? Okay, so I want to see... And how many A players, like like you could say I have three people, two A, one B, three contractors. So I kind of want to see that assessment and I'm going to real, real time coach you guys here. Um, and while you guys are doing that and that loads, you need to have your right hand and your strategic level, like the department heads or the people that are running your org, they need to be A players. If they are not A players, they do not belong in your organization. B players are the players that are the doers as well right? And it's honestly perfectly okay to have doers and amazing doers. Like you need people that are going to be the best at their job and they're content in doing their job. And it's not that they're not willing to roll up their sleeves. They're just really good and aligned in their role. And that's perfectly okay. Um, And so that's important to have. 
And then we have contractors, right? And contractors are neither A or B. They're outsourced and it it's it's partial, right? So they partially, they help your organization. They're not fully part of your team, but they help you get the job done. And what I have found over the last three years of coaching all of you in CO school, us women do not hire A players. We expect everybody to be A players, but we hire contractors and then expect our contractors to be A players. We hire B players and expect our B players to do everything and then be A players. Tell me if this rings true for you. It's the truth. I've been guilty of it myself, right? We have, and even interns, right? So these are all um, supporting cast. But if in order for you need to, for you need to, in order for you to scale, we got to get the right people around you. And we got to change our mentality on people. Lots of contractors. See, so I'm going through this. Lots of contractors, 2A and 3B. Amanda, that sounds awesome, right? They, I hope that the their leaders. Halia says five contractors. That's a lot of contractors. And contractors are great, especially when getting started. Contractors are fantastic. And you should be treating your contractors like team members. So although they might be separate, you need to treat them within your team. But the expectations have to be different for them versus your, your full-time team. And contractors are great to get started, right? Or taking on a new project or something that's not going to be every day in the day-to-day. Once you have a system in place, a playbook in place, I want you to think about how you can bring that within the organization because your time, dollars, and even your energy is going to go further with the right team members around you. So now that we're going to go try to go get A players, we're going to do strategic hires. And I don't want to overwhelm you. It's actually not going to cost, like, it's going to cost you more by not doing this. The reason why women are not scaling fast enough is we're not hiring fast enough. Okay. And here I actually say hire slow, fire fast, which is ironic um, into my next line, but it is still, but I think we're hiring a little too slow. So I would give this advice in, in a sense of fire fast is what I am trying to probably say the best, so that say the most out of this slide, right? Is I want you to think about your hires in a strategic lens and I want you to hire the right people and hiring the right people takes time, Right. Currently, right now, we are looking for an amazing marketing uh, manager, a marketing coordinator for CO School, right? We're putting up the job description. We're probably going to have this position filled in January. We've been, we're like, that's what's next. So it's going to take us about 60 days to go through this process. And we're going to look for the right A player on the team because they're going to have to support us strategically and then manage all the contractors. But it's also important to assess the team and to fire fast as well. So if somebody's not working out, 90 days is the right timeline. And I want you to take a look at yourself to say, did you do everything to make this person successful? And I'll show you how to how you can do that audit later. But we need to be able to also cut people who are not pulling their weight or carrying the water, right? And so people ask me all the time, they're like, how do you, how are you such an empathetic leader? and still drive like such level. I'm like the most empathetic human. I'm kind, I'm all the things, but I will tell you, I demand excellence. I 100% Laura shaking her, I demand excellence. I do not settle for less than excellent. I know what I want, I know how to do it, and I want my team, I empower my team. I let them make the decisions, I support them 100%, and all my team are all loyalists. Like anybody who ever works for me, we have like long-term relations, like relationships with. Actually, this morning I had my 
uh, business coach. Uh, she's been with me for eight years. Um, and I was actually telling Laura today that my other Laura, so Laura, I have another Laura. Um, and I was like, oh, I was on a walk with Laura this morning. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's been like eight years. We're just like, it's like friends catching up. And she's like, you literally have the same, like, same people for so long. And I'm like, yeah, because why? Like I invest in people. And so then they invest back. So it's so important for you to change that mindset about people and really empowering your teams, but doesn't mean that you can't drive excellence while still being an amazing empathetic leader. So job description, right? So I want for your, for one thing is even if your org does not exist, right? I want you to think about um, who you need to hire. And the first step in doing that is also creating an actual job description not a copy paste of what is a job description of an executive assistant, right? Like you can use that as a template. And honestly, we're actually building out a beautiful library at the CO school for all of these resources as well. But you can pull a template, but you have to make it your own, right? So you wanna have the role, uh, big needle movers and like big wins that this role is supposed to do. Um, and once and like creating an actual like what does it actually take to build that job description of what does it look like in your organization the vision of that role i want you to actually write down the 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 daily tasks estimated tasks like all the things and putting together a true job description and honestly some an exercise this is not just for future role, future roles that you have thinking about your org today and even redefining someone's job description right in a small startup things are always changing and job roles are also changing in a new year in 2023, how amazing would it feel to have like each of your team members like redo their own job descriptions? I actually put this back on my team. So I don't even do it. I have them create what their current job description is because it's changing, right? So you can say, let's go build out your current job description, right? And we just recently did this, actually we did it all over the summer. So when I was off in July, uh, the CO school team was actually reassessing all of their roles and putting together what are the tasks that they wanna take on, how are their job descriptions changed, and they actually built out their own SOPs. So this is where the SOP part comes in. So your team has their job descriptions, and then from there, they're building out their own standard operating templates, right? So we have a template that uh, we're happy to share with you, and in the program, you'll receive like all the modules on actually building out SOPs, they, and one of the things is I've seen people build out a process and then they do the document, but they never revisit it. And so for us, it's like a living, breathing document. We all do it. We do it digitally, but it's important for the person to get it out of their head, the task and say, this is how I do it. So an example of, let's say your um, customer support person. Okay. And you could build out their job description of what does it take to be a customer service manager in your company? and break out here are the daily tasks, here are the key um, objectives of the role, here are the key responsibilities, here are the hours that it actually takes for, um, that it's a, it is a part-time job and you know, you do, it's four hours per day, Monday through Thursday, and this is, this is the job description. This person's creating that. And then let's say on the um, activity list, right? So where it actually shows like, manage customer support um, emails, manage the customer support email inbox. Let's say that's a task. There should be an SOP related to that task. And so when you click on that, it should take you to the SOP. It should actually outline um, how this person does that job. We all have bad habits. 
And bad habits tend to find their way into businesses too. From emailing clients at who knows who o'clock or spending way too much time and money on legacy software like your IT person grandfathered in. We're breaking up with the bad business habits and breaking in new ways to bring our A-game in 2023. HubSpot's all-in-one connected CRM platform can help you there. It makes it easy to better connect with your teams through data and systems so you can better connect with your customers. Best of all, it's free to get started. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better in 2023 at HubSpot.com. Right, so literally it's a physical document and we use um, some cool tech tools to kind of like, we do it on video. So it's just like a loom video and it's like, here's the inbox. And so you you do it, that this, and this person, so Val actually has created her own SOP for CO school. And she's like, okay, I'm gonna open up my inbox tomorrow and I'm just gonna kind of show as if she was training herself, somebody else out of the job, right? And why that's important, why the team is empowered is because they also wanna start thinking about how they can delegate off their tasks and the company can grow, right? And so Val's literally demonstrated what's in her head to say, here's how I operate the inbox. You go to LastPass, you pull the password, we go into the inbox, and then I manage like the first, like the highest level priority ticket items. Here's how I log them into our ticket system. Then I log them back in Asana to check off that the um, that the uh, uh, the task or the ticket is completed. And here is the template. Like within the SOP, she has commonly asked tickets, right? So it's like, um, how to do a refund, how to um, set reset password. Like what are the most like commonly requested top 10 items? She actually has documented a quick response. So it, she can literally copy paste a response that's already there, right? That is a thorough SOP. It's not just how to do it. It also gives the person like examples and um, like somebody brand new, if like literally tomorrow, if, you know, Val wasn't able to come into the office, somebody could actually just go into the SOP and like complete the task. And so that is how it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. And also what I don't want to overwhelm you with is you're not going to have an SOP for everything. So when you think about the job description, I want you to think about if that person weren't here tomorrow or, or they, they, you know, won the lottery. So I hate saying they got hit by a bus because like, why are American idioms so awful? Like, why didn't they, they win the lottery? Like, that's a better one. Um, so if they win the lottery and Val doesn't show up tomorrow to work, which I doubt that's going to happen, but if she doesn't show up tomorrow to, to work um, and we bring on somebody, you can go in and like, what are the most critical things? The critical things, the needle mover tasks are the ones that should be documented, okay? And to start off point, because you're going to be like, Sonera, there's so much shit to do in my org now, okay? You're not going to do this overnight. We are still working on our SOPs like it's and it's constantly evolving um, and where, and you're always going back and like when somebody else comes into the role or there's a new process, you update your, uh, your SOPs as well. So what I want you to create, what we do at CO school, and you're going to get that into the program is just an SOP. Like here's like the, um, the main charter and here's like the main SOPs that we need to create. And then you can put the person responsible for them in that. And it could be you, it could be the teammate, it could be whatever. And so that you can create them over time. So it's not going to happen overnight, but putting it all together it all works together, right? That is the whole goal of creating the proper, like a true roles and responsibilities, having clear alignment, also flexibility, right? So I don't want this to be super rigid in a sense of you want your team players to be able to flex, right? And that can get continually, you know, added or subtracted or as roles change, but it is important for you to get the right 
um, set up in place. And you can do this um, like with your current team. So now I'm going to go back to if there is a one role that you're like, okay, I did my org chart and here are how the pieces fit and you identify and hopefully we'll be able to help you identify who your um, next big hire needs to be or your next hire needs to be. Once you have the job description in place, you might not have the SOPs perfectly created, but you have the right job description. You know which SOPs you need to actually create. Now it's time for you to actually go get applicants. What I find most women do, and it's awesome to tap into your network. Your network is going to be your biggest um, friend right now. But it is important for you to create a process for actually interviewing more than one applicant. Do not fall in love with the first puppy. Okay. is like, that's what we do as women. We're like, oh my God, this person's perfect. We have happy ears. We're like really trying to... Um, get this role filled. And so I want you to make sure that you do have multi applicants and that you actually do review the applicants and that you actually do create a process to go get the right person. Okay. So I want you to promise me that. So you have to also like be your biggest advocate. And that's why I believe like your brand, your marketing, your why needs to be so, so important. And you nailing your pitch as CEO. And we're not going to cover pitch module today. Um, but also in the program, we're going to go through your brand. And all of that matters. You're competing against major corporations and this person's time. Like the privilege of having somebody like give you all their time, that's a blessing. Like that is like something that you should not take lightly. And you have to sell the dream, right? You have to sell that vision. You have to be able to articulate that. You have to be able to get that the candidates excited on why they should join your company. Then it's important for you to check the market. And there's amazing companies like Indeed and, you know, Glassdoor and like all these other places that you can go in and check to say what are the market comps for a, let's say your next hire is a marketing manager, okay, or an operations manager. That like probably might be many of your first hires is a strong operations manager. You can take a look at in your industry, what does an operations manager go for? So you know where you're in range or out of like where the range is. And if you're like, man, the range is between, let's say, 40 to 60 for this role. And you're like, but I can only afford 40, right? Um, you know, like you might not get the MBA or you might not get you like you might not get the uh, attract the next level of of Canada that you could have, but it doesn't also mean that you don't get a player that's like ready to grow into that. That's one. And then two, that doesn't mean that a candidate that's working for another company may not want to like take a lower salary to come join an amazing organization. And there's other creative ways to match the market, right? Is that time off? Is that maybe they work flexible hours? Maybe it's they work four days a week, right? Instead of five, Right. And so there's other ways to get creative as a small startup. And we completely discount that. We're just like, oh, can't afford it. Can't do it. I'm going to hire another contractor. Please tell me if that's happening for you because I know it is. Do not lie. Right. It's definitely happening. You can attract the right talent and get creative. People really care about the why. People really care about working for leaders that really care. And there's a great mission and that has flexibility. And you might not have a 401k and all of that, but this person can help you get there. Um, Flavia, 40 is way too low. I'm giving an example, right? So um, these are all examples. All right. Interviews. All right. So when we're doing the interviews, it should be a conversation. This is not about this like stuffy, serious interview. 
my goal is to have a cup of coffee with a friend. I want to get to know this person. And yes, as somebody asked, do you recommend going overseas? Absolutely. Half my team's in Colombia right now. And uh, Laura's in London. I think what's really cool about today's environment and our operations manager is going to actually be out of Orlando. So there are certain hires that like work remote. Like, And if you are a completely remote team, then you literally have access to the entire world's talent, right? That's amazing. And in many different countries, um, and Flavia, maybe it's 40K in the US, but 40K in another country might be plenty of budget, right? And so you also want to take a look at where you're hiring from. So um, where I was going with this. So remove the stress of the interview. This is really just getting to know, getting to know the person. And I like to start off like with my interview of like just in like the, the big, like the worst, like tell me about yourself. Like, okay, that's so generic. Like actually say, like tell, like take me back from like to college is like, or like tell me about your family. Like tell me about like your history. Like I want to go all the way back. So I'd let them choose a time period in their life. And some people literally go, when I was three, I was like, I went like whatever. And it could be because they have a cool story. Like I moved around. I went to 10 different schools in 12 years. And so if you want to get to know me, I kind of start with like, I grew up in an immigrant parent household. We moved around a ton. I grew up in small business. I grew up in entrepreneurship. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I worked closely with like family was everything. And like now I work with my brother, right? Like it kind of like, it makes sense in my story. So when you relax, people relax too. And then you're actually trying to pay attention. Like your job is like, you've already read through, they shouldn't be in an interview if they're not what we talked about yesterday, clean sheets. Like job competency should already be checked off. You are meeting them for an interview to hire for values, to check in on those air quotes intangibles, to get the feels, right? And as women, that is our greatest strength. Our intuition is our greatest, greatest strength. We are the best at our gut and trusting it. And we're the best at our gut, but we need to learn to trust it. That's what I want you to do. I want you to trust your gut. If there's a red flag and you're like, she just said that funny, it's cool. That's awesome. Trust your gut right? Look, and you're not looking for the interview to fail. When my team comes to visit for like retreats and things like that, like they stay in my house. Now, clearly we're like, are, we're all working on our boundaries, right? Like this is not the best boundary or, but it's so fun. And they're my, like, and there's, I'm not trying to say that there isn't like levels of friendship and leadership. There is, but in a startup environment, when we're all rolling up our sleeves, you want to work with people that you like you love and that you're going to invest the time in and that are going to work together with you that are going to be your partners and that you want them to win too. So I want to hire people that I want to grow and develop. And once honestly, you start bringing on the right team and you have the right teammates, you go above and beyond for their success. So hiring for values is super important. Knowing your core values is super important. That's what we do on module one, by the way, is all about defining those values, clearly getting your vision. There's a whole playbook on this. Um, And I hope you know them. But if not, you can go and revisit some of the previous modules uh, that we've done or sorry, in the course. But um, if you have it, then I hope you join because there's so much for you to learn. But job description, SOPs, getting the right candidates, hiring for values. And then once you hire the right person, it's not over. This is where it just begins. The next big part of this is investing in your in your team, training and developing them so you're retaining and growing your talent. This is the biggest part. You put in so much time to get the right person in 
you want to make sure that you can properly onboard them, train them, create an amazing collaborative relationship with them. Check in with them. Make sure that they're growing and that they're happy in the company. That's happy employees make happy customers too. Like period, right? And you can tell when you call into a company um, whether what their culture is like immediately, right? Because if you get grumpy on the other side or you're like some, sometimes like, you know, in certain industries, like in service industries, it's really clear to tell who loves their job and like who doesn't love their job. Like very clear, especially in the service industry, right? What from like, your restaurants to hospitality, like you can tell who is like in the right role. And so you want to build a company culture that not only you're proud of, but that they're proud of too. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed the module and are ready to crush 2023. We are linking everything in the show notes. So come check out the links. And I cannot wait for you to come join us in 2023 as part of CEO School's program. It's a 12-week program where I am your head coach and guide you through our principles on scaling. So it is the program. We only launch it once a year and it is open for enrollment and is going to be the best cohort yet. If you want all the details, click the link in the show notes and we can't wait to welcome you and to see you crushed 2023. Thank you for tuning into today's show. If you loved it, leave us a review. We are so proud to bring you authentic conversations, game changer expert guests, and valuable content on and offline. The best compliment you can give us is by screenshotting today's show and tagging us on Instagram at CEO School and at Sanira Madani. We are obsessed with swag, so don't be surprised if we want to send you some. Thanks for tuning into class today. And remember, nothing bad happens when women make more money.